Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome in to season two, episode three of Gamecock Central. The hard foul. I'm your host, intern Joe Machika. As always, with me is the one, the only, Mr. Jack Veltry here to talk some hoops. We'll cover men's and women's, um, you know, heading into this holiday break. Both teams look really good, um, you know, surprisingly with the men's team. But we will get into all of that in a second. But, Jack, first off, how are we feeling? I'm doing good, man. Happy early Thanksgiving to you, my yes. friend. Um yeah, we can touch on that later on the show. But, uh, yeah, doing well. Uh, it's a busy week with uh, football going on against Clemson. But, um, yeah, we're here to talk hoops. And uh, the men, men's and women's teams have looked phenomenal so far. And, uh, you know, you have a lot to be excited about if you're a South Carolina fan of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. The fighting dawns and the fighting quarter zips, if you will, as they're called on Twitter are both doing really well, like Jack alluded to. And, yes, we're recording this on Tuesday night. But to those of you listening, um, on tomorrow night, happy early Thanksgiving. Um, we send you the best from, you know, the Machika family. And we'll get into all that at the end, obviously. We'll, we'll, we'll send all of, our, all of our love elsewhere. But, Jack, get going to do it. Uh, you want to talk about the women's team first? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, the women's team. So, right now, they have looked phenomenal this year, dropping 100 points just every game, it seems. I mean, they jumped from six to one in the AP poll, which I'm not sure how often that type of stuff happens with jumping. But again, I don't think these rankings really mean anything this early in the season, mm-hmm. uh, just because they're, they're all preseason. It's all, you know, talking and stuff. But right now, South Carolina has looked really good. Um, and then they played South Dakota State yesterday. And to, I didn't watch a ton of the game. We had Chris Walbaum, who is our women's basketball beat writer. They're covering the game. He could definitely talk about this more well-versed than I could. Yeah. But, I mean, when you – they, it didn't seem like they really played well in the first half. Um, I think they maybe went 3 of 25 from the field, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken on that, at the start. Yeah. Uh, but you end up winning by 40. So, that in itself is really impressive. Uh, I know they were missing uh, – what's her face? Um, Taking the pop out. Yeah, we're going to – hold on. Sahima Pow Pow. Okay. Yeah. These names – Don has a couple transfers in there. The names are hard. So, um, if if you guys are watching this, forgive us. We're sports writers. We're, we're trying our best. Um, new names is always tough. It's always a learning curve. We're trying our best. But, yeah, Tahina Pow Pow, she's electric like like Wellbaum was saying. And, yeah, she was out last night. Big, big chunk of their offense and a big chunk of their shooting as well. And, like Jack alluded to, they didn't shoot the ball too well. I didn't catch a whole lot of that game as well as it was South Dakota State. Um, caught some highlights and stuff like that. But, I mean, looked good um, for the most part. You know, still one by 40, which is still good. Didn't hang 100. But, um, you know, it's – and it's crazy to think that, like, it's a disappointment if you're not hanging 100 points. Um, you know, offensively, I think, you know, wasn't their best day shooting. But they still controlled from front to back. Camila Cardoso is continuing to prove why she is in the running for, you know – the top player in the country, the Naismith, I believe it is for the women's as well. But 
Uh, yeah, Cardoso continuing her run, um, another South Carolina big, doing big things. Um, so that was, I mean, my takeaway from South Dakota State. And then obviously we talked about it a bunch with Wellbaum, but this team is going to go very, very big places. Very, very big places. And uh, I mean, uh, looking ahead in their schedule, I mean, obviously they're at North Carolina on Thursday, the 30th. Um, they've got Mississippi Valley State in between them on or, uh, this upcoming Friday. Um, but this team is going to be challenged at North Carolina, but I think that'll be like the first, I guess, real challenge. Um, they're ranked 18, minus, despite Maryland. I, I thought Maryland was going to be a challenge, but then, I mean, they walked right through them. So who knows, really, like with this team. Jack, is it even fair to say that other teams are like a challenge to these So, and I'll touch on the one thing with the South Dakota State game real quick that I didn't realize before. No, 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 you're good, man. They went 0 of 12 from 3. So, that in itself, the fact that they ended up winning by 40, despite not hitting a 3, I think is impressive in itself. Yeah. Um, and I think just based on what I saw, what I read and all that, it came down to defensive play and – you know, that's how they probably won the game, in my opinion. Um, when you hold a team to 38 points, I think that's pretty good. I mean, this team's defense has been phenomenal so far this year. But when you're not able to score a ton, but you're able to count on your defense to shut down the opponent and get the dub, I think that's really good because we know South Carolina is going to score more than 38 points a game. Like, that's that's no problem. If your defense is holding teams to that many points per game, You'll, you'll probably go undefeated at that point because this offense will be fine. And Pow Pow is definitely a big part of it, uh, the transfer coming in this year. But um, they have a lot of weapons on this offense, and they're too good not to have a better game. But yeah. I, I think it's just unrealistic to expect them to score 100 points. Now, getting back to the more current landscape and what your question was, Joe, yeah. I do think that road trip to – what is it, the tobacco, tobacco yeah, road tobacco, trip? They're doing the tobacco road trip, um, I believe is how Wellbaum described it. The yeah, so it's back-to-back. They go to North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and then they go play at Cameron against Duke. Um, and the, to my knowledge, those are two pretty good teams, um, even on the women's side. So I think South Carolina will probably win both those games, but it wouldn't shock me. Like, at some point, maybe they'll lose a game. I'm not sure. Um, Joe, do you want to pull up their schedule and just pull yeah. up? I know, that, I know they got you. Not LSU left, obviously, but we know how, like, LSU yeah. down the bayou. What scares me about LSU at this point right now, though, is that they're having all these issues. There's still plenty of time for them to right the ship and start they playing will. well before they, they get to South Carolina. It's college basketball. It's streaky. It is very, very streaky. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a while before they get to – the LSU game. The LSU game is January twenty fifth. So you got you got a month and a half, if you will. Or everything everything's gonna change by then. Cause yeah, well, I'll touch on it real quick. I just think the whole Kim Mulkey thing with Angel Reese right now yeah. is. Just, I and Mike Yuva had a few had a good point about it. On yeah, Twitter. I can't remember exactly what he said, but point is, I just think it's uh, whatever's going on there. It's just I don't really love hearing that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. but, uh, I don't I, I personally, I don't think that's how you handle it as a coach, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I mean, LSU, UConn teams like that, South Carolina usually has a pretty hard schedule, um, for women's. And I think Dawn goes out of her way to intentionally do that. Yeah. Uh, and it really helps you down the road when you get to March and you're going through the gauntlet of the NCAA tournament, March madness, and you're facing 
a new team, and I, you know, you, it's at random. So getting these games in against these tougher opponents, like when you go down to the back of road and face Duke and North Carolina, that's going to really help you down the stretch. Yeah. One more stat from that South Dakota State game. Jack talked about their defense. Don's squad forced 21 turnovers to South Carolina seven. That's a pretty big margin. Um, and I, I know because Don was a very defensive guard as, as well as scoring and passing too. But like her teams have always featured really, really good defense. It's all fundamental basketball. It's what she plays. And, you know, if you can play fundamental basketball and stick to your guns and really, you know, sit and play defense, that's where they have success. And, you know, again, it, it's the, the 21 turnovers that's, that's coaching. And obviously it's execution by the players, but I mean, it's that, that, that margins really, really deep. Um, and so it really speaks on, you know, and I, I got to do the math. Um, I was a little underprepared for the turnover margin for the South Carolina women's team so far this year, but I'm sure it's massive because they're beating teams they're blowing teams out of the water. Obviously, Take away from South Carolina State, shoot the three a little bit better, sure. But, uh, you know, because you never want to go, you know, 0 for 12 in a game. But um, shoot the three a little bit better. But they're going to be just fine. And, you know, after North Carolina, their next ranked team is Utah, and that's at home um, on December 10th. Then they've got Mississippi State um, on January 7th, the 25th ranked Mississippi State. That's subject to change. I know they've been pretty hot. Their coach is really, really good um, from what I've heard. Um, taking that program in a good direction. And then obviously a uh, couple weeks after Mississippi State, you faced LSU in the Bayou as well on um, January 25th. After that, you've got Connecticut as well, late February contest. And then after Connecticut, you go to Tennessee. Luckily, Connecticut's a home game, but you're in Knoxville for Tennessee in February. Obviously, we will still you know, be having the show and we'll still be talking about it, still be talking about this women's basketball team because – golly they are so darn good and obviously you know it is basketball season so the hard foul shall continue season two of the hard foul yeah yeah you're right um yeah we're gonna be churning away and definitely yeah definitely i think we do want to get more women's content in there um mm -hmm. fair um especially depending on how the men's team does but um it's really nice though that both teams are undefeated right now and playing really good basketball and we should touch on the men's team here shortly but it's just a lot of it, you. If you're like I said before, if you're a South Carolina uh, fan, alumni, whatever the case is, and you got to be really happy with the way things are going. And football's trending in the right direction too. So, lots to cheer about at this university. Yeah, plenty to do. Um, and I, the men's team and the women's team. I think both of them being good at the same time. I think that definitely helps culture um, within the two programs, and also helps in recruiting too. Because um, you know, from time to time, you'll still see each team at each other's games. Dawn's always supporting Lamont um, and whatnot, always on Twitter. Dawn is very vocal on Twitter, and I love it. I think it's very fun to watch. It makes her even more special to this university and being able to promote South Carolina on such a platform. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for in terms of women's basketball coverage, please let us know. Obviously, we're going to have Will Baum as much as he lets us have him on uh, to help cover some of this women's team. But, uh, yeah, let us know where we're lacking, what stuff you want to hear more about from the women's team side of things different coverage please let us know um because this is my first full season running the hard follow usually colin um was behind the scenes running the back end of this show so send us any any recommendations on stuff you would like us to cover on the women's side of things we'll keep you up to date on everything don and them are doing and it's it's also hard to cover a team when they're winning by 40 every game because exactly. you know 
It's what, how are they doing? They're doing great. They're still beating teams by 40, despite not making a single three. Um, you know, it shows how good this team is. Yeah. And I will say uh, one more thing on that. Um, yeah. Obviously the show every now and then it probably will go live. Um, you know, we'll be talking and we'll answer questions and all that stuff. But since this show is pre-recorded, if you guys, and we can do this through Twitter and stuff, uh, Twitter, the message boards, handles right here and Joe's, um, you can put out your handle too for them. But yeah. if you guys have any questions uh, that you want answered kind of during the show and stuff, um, feel free to reach out to us, DM us, whatever the case might be. Yeah. Uh, and also on the forums on uh, GamecockCentral.com, uh, we'll probably end up posting like a uh, questionnaire type deal. Yeah. We'll pick out the best questions uh, the night before the show. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Well, bad going here soon. It's just the crossover and getting the show back up off the ground. It's a little housekeeping stuff, but we'll, we will be in mid season form. Don't worry. Um, bowl season slash Christmas break. We will be ready and raring to go to cover both the fighting quarter zips and the fighting dawns. But yes, please. We'll get a mailbag and stuff going like that. Um, you know, thank you guys obviously for watching. This isn't the end of the show, but little housekeeping stuff. Um, you know, just to make sure we're all on the same page. And then whether or not we're going live, it just depends on the guest and, and our scheduling. Um, you know, if our guest is able to join us around six, we uh, will make it happen. We'll make it go live. And if not, we'll just pre-record it and then, you know, let us know in the comments and whatnot. We will definitely be watching those. But Jack, it is now time to talk about Lamont Paris and his boys, the fighting quarter zips, yes. if you will, five and oh. Pretty darn good um, for year two of Lamont's um, tenure, I guess you can say, at, at South Carolina, winning the the Arizona tip-off classic. They beat Grand Canyon um, to secure the championship belt, the title belt. I thought it was a pretty cool picture with Josh Gray holding up the belt. But, yeah, pretty good execution from front to back in this whole shootout thing um, for Lamont's guys in this little holiday shootout, wouldn't you say, Jack? Yeah, so – Okay, so let just right out of the gate, um, Friday they played at midnight, and this is just this is just a quick complaint I have. <sighs> Whoever schedules these tournaments, man, y'all gotta get it figured out. Because I personally, and I can speak to, for other beat writers that were in my situation, did not like having to stay up till midnight to cover a men's basketball game on a Friday night. Um, that didn't start till midnight and then ended around 2 a.m. I get the time zone difference and all that stuff, but here's my thing. You also had two West Coast teams, Grand Canyon and San Francisco, playing right before, and, you know, they're used to the time zone change and all that, so East Coast why not have them go later? That's because you have two East Coast teams going super late, and that's just yeah. really inconvenient, but enough of that. That's just my one little complaint, and hopefully someone – Listening, we'll hear that and do something about it. But anyway, back to basketball. This was a real statement type of weekend for Lamont Paris and his boys. You get, you get two big wins. Okay, granted, DePaul, really not that good. South Carolina, I think, only won by seven. They really should have blown uh, DePaul out of the water um, if it weren't for – I think they had 17 turnovers, and I think they shot maybe 57% from the uh, free throw line which if you're not really much of a mathematician, it's not good because they missed probably more than half of their free throws. Um, so if you clean those two things up, you probably win that game by double, double digits. Um, and it really was a game that South Carolina, I think, was up maybe by 17 at one point, and then DePaul just kept coming back and stuff. And the foul calling was atrocious this weekend. 
all games aside, I mean, just fouls every minute. It was just it, it kept the game going way longer than it needed to. Um, but you're able to escape with a win and move on to the championship game. And you face Grand Canyon, who is just a much better team than DePaul is. Um, Grand Canyon's only 10 miles away from um, the, I can't remember the name of the arena, but it's where the Arizona Coyotes used to play before uh, all their stuff went down. And now they're playing at a college arena that only hosts maybe like 5,000 people. It's um, yeah, but um, bad times for the Coyotes, man. Uh, sorry to any of their fans. But um, yeah, yes, or Sunday, just a really gritty type of win because South Carolina, I, I can't remember exactly how long they led for, but in truth, it really felt like they led the entire game. Um, Grand Canyon made some runs and came back a few times, and I think they led by at most maybe one or two points during the entirety of the game. Uh, but anytime Grand Canyon got the lead, South Carolina just answered right back, and ultimately they just proved to be too much. South Carolina, I think in my opinion, had to beat both the Lopes and the refs in order to win that game. Cause like I said before, the foul calling was just really bad. And honestly, I, I bias or not, I just felt it was kind of one-sided, um, but you're able to get the win. And the big thing with me and Jolly talk in a second here, um, but the turnovers were definitely down. They had 10 turnovers. A lot of them did come in the first half, but the big thing to me is that they really shot the, or shot well at the free throw line. I think they went maybe 12, 14, which is just a, a stark improvement. Um, but then you're also getting everyone playing well together. You have BJ Mack, who had 27 points, a, a game or team high um, this season for him. And then you have guys like Jacoby Wright coming off the bench, who I think is definitely the sixth man on this team. But if he ever needs to start, I feel like he could slot in really well. He had two key shots down the stretch in the final two minutes that just kind of put the game on ice and prevented Grand Canyon from going on a run. And that's the one thing about that game is that Grand Canyon was never able to really gain control. Because like I said, as soon as they did, South Carolina answered right back and made them uh, made them fall behind again. So credit to this team for really having a gritty win. And that's kind of what they need. And that's kind of their identity. Like, hey, you're 5-0 and right now. You're really riding high. Momentum's good. Like after the game, seeing those guys on TV just celebrating that win and stuff and I mean, look, this I don't know how this season's gonna have to end up uh finishing out, but I mean, hey, any SEC team out there, I mean, watch out. I mean, Lamont's boys, they they I don't think they're playing around this year. So Yeah. I I was very impressed with everything that they did out in the desert. Um Jack, I, I, I echo the the late start time. It's kinda BS, but it is what it is. Um but I, I was very impressed with this basketball team. They they got gritty wins, and then they they were able to get just wins where they were, you know, coasting. I think the DePaul win was better um, than the Grand Canyon one, but the Grand Canyon one was one where they, they stepped up at the right times. You know, they didn't play their best basketball um, down the stretch. Obviously, the fouls were a little iffy. I, I mean, wasn't the most one-sided thing in the world, but it, it was a little one-sided there. I don't like to complain about officiating, but there was – a little bit of it was bad. It was bad. It was it wasn't good. It wasn't anyway, good. Regardless, regardless, you should be able to win without with or without the officials. I, That's I, fair. I, That's fair. But, so I and like with that, South Carolina was able to win with the officials being tilted or not. Um, I big game from BJ Mack against Grand Canyon. I think he stepped up and and showed. I mean, to me at least, that you know 
he can be one of those guys that they can rely on in the clutch. And I think by BJ Mack playing well, I think Josh Gray started to play a little bit better. Um, and that when, when other people are playing well and preferably the forward, when the forward, another forward is playing well, Josh Gray plays a little bit better because the pressure is off. You know, he gets, he doesn't have to go be the man. There is no pressure to, you know, step up and, and, you know, have this crazy good game with, you know, a double, double, whatever, um, you know, at center, Josh can kind of just go play his game. You know, he didn't have the best of start to that game. Didn't play a whole lot, but he kind of got in a groove down the stretch and was, was a very big thing. Jack. So there is, didn't mean to cut you off. There is one thing about Josh Gray that just kind of stuff. There was one play in particular that yeah. really made me feel like, I know we talked about Josh last week, right? We talked yep. about how he needs to kind of step up and be the man. Yep. Um, there was one play that really gave us a glimpse of like what he needs to be for this team. Yep. It was down the stretch in the second half of that Grand Canyon game. It was, I think he had missed a shot. He got his own rebound and then he just like used all his size and power just to dunk on a guy. Mm-hmm. And it was an and one type play. Ultimately, he missed the free throw. I mean, hey, what's yeah, new? Yeah. But, uh, you Thank know, you but um, it's just, and it, I mean, it fired the bench up and stuff. Excuse me. But um, that's just the kind of Josh Gray you need. Yes. The one that, and honestly, that goes for any of the big men. The kind of a guy that can impose his will. And BJ Mack has done this really well, too. Yeah. I'm glad finally starting to use his size a little bit because we know how good of a shooter that guy is. But. I mean, dude, six eight. I mean, and he's like, oh, he's all he's close to. He's a knockdown shooter. He's seventy. Yeah. So, no one in their right mind should be able to do both at that size. Um, but he's able to. So, um, BJ needs to continue to take advantage of that because yep. I think he's very hard to guard. But then Josh Gray, like you said, um, that was just the play that kind of stood out to me, mm-hmm. um, and it really did get Josh at least. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, yeah, for me, same play. That's what I was talking about, right? Started off a little shaky, but you could tell he was feeling it. Uh, you know, I, I could tell that Josh was into the game, was was ready to play well. Um, and and this, he celebrated like, like you know, he should have, as he should have, you know, celebrated well. They were happy, et cetera. But, yeah, shout out to Josh Gray. And, you know, if he can continue to kind of go make plays like that and, and be a momentum guy and, and slowly kind of build up his role into kind of, you know, not as much of we need you to go do this, just, you know, and, and more of a, hey, go make a play. Like, you're a guy, go ahead, you know, go crazy. So that's what you kind of need Josh Gray to do. And then BJ Mack, man, I mean, it, it seems like he's playing 2K out there. The way he's able to shoot and dunk and, and use his size. It, I mean, the 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 three ball where he shook the guy up and then made the three with with the hand in his face, that's, that's big man basketball. That is exactly why – you recruit BJ Mack and you try to go get him because he can do that. Um, and the shooting uh, South Carolina, you have like Zachary Davis is a big time shooter. They have a lot of, you know, big time shooters that can make shots. Nietzsche, obviously Studi as well, guys that can go shoot. And, you know, it's not just Nietzsche, right? There's some support and they're all locked in. They're all, you know, it's not like they're taking shots for themselves. They're passing the ball. They're looking for the extra shot because they know, if they pass the ball to one guy, one wide open, he's going to find you on the next one. Very, very, very good team basketball at this point. It's a good 5-0 and if you're South Carolina and Lamont's team. You should feel really good about this because you are, you're playing team basketball. You're on the same page. They received votes for the AP. So it's not just us. Votes, that, by the way, I think. Yeah, it was, I think it was 3-5, something like that. Yeah. Um, 
but it's not just us. Like we we're not being led astray here. Like they're they're playing really good basketball, and there's something to be excited about. Now, what we haven't seen, and granted, we didn't see a whole lot from you know Lamont's teams last year, but I think one one of the challenges here, right? You get off to this hot start. College basketball is all about consistency. How is this team going to play? Obviously, you're gonna you're gonna face some tougher opponents in the SEC. Your schedule gets tougher as as it does. You know, you haven't really played anybody that great. But how is this team going to find a way to balance out when, you know, they don't have their best night shooting and they, they get, you know, killed one night? Are you going to be able to, you know, balance it back out and go out and then win the games that you should down the stretch? Or are you going to, you know, ride that bad momentum into the next game? So it kind of just depends. We'll see where, where that is at. But right now I'm very impressed with the South Carolina basketball team. I agree. And one guy I think we should head on real quick. Well, maybe yeah. two. Uh Miles Studi and Michi Johnson, um, very underrated. Episode um, three, Chi, by the way, yeah. yeah. Um, very underrated in getting these wins this weekend, Michi especially. Mm-hmm. Um, because throughout this year, I mean, look, we know what he did last year and all that. He was kind of the main guy that South Carolina had to depend on if you uh, take Gigi Jackson out of the equation. Um, he Johnson is their leading returning scorer um, with Jackson now gone. Uh, but anyway, uh, Michi had just been, you know, the one thing with him is that he is going to take a lot of shots for this team and he's going to have a, a lot of misses, but when he hits them, he hits them pretty well. And Friday was the big game for him because he had been struggling a little bit this year. And that's why it's important to have other guys that can shoot around him to kind of make up for, uh, anyone that's not playing great. But Michi had a huge game on uh, Friday. He had 24 points on eight to 16 shooting. Um, the one thing with him, and he's got to fix this, um, you know, honestly, it's kind of been an issue all year is that he went one of seven from three. Um, not great. Cause that's primarily what he's good at doing, but the one thing he's kind of added to his game a little bit this year, maybe I missed out on this a little bit last year, um, covering a few games, but he drives to the basket a lot more and gets to the, and gets to the free throw line. Um, isn't afraid to, I mean, he had seven of 11 free throws made on Friday um, and none on Sunday. He didn't go to the line at all on Sunday, but he only had nine points, but just a great basketball player um, that, you know, you can count on uh, when you really need him to, I think. Um, and then Studi, I think he's just been the most un, un, most underrated guy on this team. I think right now, very, very good transfer pickup by Lamont Paris. Uh, I know Lamont talked a lot about him in the preseason and stuff, how he can be like arguably one of the better players on this team, um, a veteran leader that you kind of need. And he's done a really good job so far this year. So just a really well-balanced team. I keep saying it and it'll stop at some point, but man, this, I, it's just, I think this team is so much better off this year with the guys they have less, less ego. It feels different. Something about it feels different. And I think, you know, credit to Lamont for going into the portal and getting guys he knew would fall into the roles that he needed for this next year, right? Like, he got Studi and, and Talon Cooper. I mean, you're losing a bunch of guards, a um, couple guys in the portal. You lose um, Gigi as well. It's small forward. But you grab Talon Cooper, Miles Studi, guys that can go swing, that can go just control guard and let Michi be Michi too. And I think, you know, Jack brought it up too. I was very impressed with Michi's just leadership ability too. Um, last season, he was just kind of having fun. I mean, a leader, sure, but um, not as much as he is this year. I think this year, you know, he feels like he's got something to prove. He's the elder statesman um, and, and can 
shoot the he's still shooting the basketball like himself right um you know we used to joke last year me and my buddies he's never seen a shot he didn't like but I mean it's true like when Michi's playing like that he's lights out he's playing like himself and South Carolina's playing good basketball and guys around him elevate and I think that's what makes Michi special is that when he's playing well everyone else around him elevates and he's just a good personality to have on this team. I talked about the roles in Studi and Talon Cooper finding their roles easy. Michi makes it very easy on them as well. Just a very happy-go-lucky kid and really good smile too. So, like, I mean, he's, he's, he's exactly what you need for South Carolina men's basketball right now. Agreed. Agreed. This team is just – I think it took until December, I want to say 11th last year, mm-hmm. to get their fifth win. We know how bad this team was last year. They only won 11, they went 11 and 21 last year. They are already halfway to that total this year. So uh, it's very safe to say that after the Notre Dame game uh, next week, that they could be six and zero. And man, the energy! I mean, hey, any anyone that's watching uh, tomorrow night um, or whenever this comes out, y'all got to go to the game, man. Go support these guys next Tuesday, um, just like you would for a women's game. I know a lot gets made out of you know how the turnout is for men's games. Uh, the students have been showing up. I don't think that's an issue. Um, you know, they get free tickets with their tuition and all that. But um, the common folk out there, their tickets are not that expensive for this team. Go out there, support them, especially if you're in the Columbia area. No excuse. Notre Dame, I know it's right after the Thanksgiving holiday, but if you're in town, go go, go watch these guys. They're, they're fun to watch. Yeah. Well, speaking of Notre Dame, Jack brought it up. We'll transition a little bit in here. Obviously, South Carolina has Notre Dame at home after this Thanksgiving break. Nice little holiday break for Lamont and his boys. But got to come out fresh against Notre Dame. But, I mean, scouting report real quick on Notre Dame. They're not very good. Coach Micah Shrewsbury, it's his first year with the Irish, uh, taking over for a long-time ten- long tenured coach, Mike Bray, who had been there forever for all of my childhood here in South Bend. Um, but so Coach Shrewsbury is now over the program. They have a kid from South Bend. I believe is their leading scorer. Marcus Burton um, went to Penn High School. Uh, really, really good scorer, but he's about it, and he's not very tall. I think, you know, matchup-wise, South Carolina should win this game by quite a bit if they're able to, you know, get out in front early. Um, like I said, this is a very rebuilding Notre Dame squad. Burton's their best player. Jr. I'm, I'm, I, I can't really say his last name. I, I, I mean, I grew up with him. I still can't say his last name. But he, he played at St. Joe High, another South Bend kid. He's been getting some minutes, but – I mean, I hate to say it, but this Notre Dame team is not very good. And and Shrewsbury is good coach, but it's just the way that Coach Bray had been recruiting, it wasn't up to the point. So South Carolina, if you're South Carolina, you should win this game by a lot. You know, you should be able to co- or not necessarily coast, but you know, take this game very smoothly. You know, do what you're supposed to do, work on some of the things, um, and just shut down Marcus Burton. That should be your game plan, and and you should be all right. I agree. I agree. I just don't think. Notre Dame is a very good team. Didn't they get blown up by Auburn? Yes, uh, blown up by Auburn and Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah so, not great. And I don't know. I just think the SEC ACC challenge. This is this is a big game for Carolina. Um, Notre Dame, prominent school, big school. Um, not in basketball, they're not very good this year. It's but building, yeah. It's Notre Dame, man. Anyone you get, like just like Virginia Tech and, and stuff. Yes, you have, to, you have to take these games as you get them, and they're—I mean—they're on the schedule. So any yep. game you get, you need to try to win. So um, this is a huge one, and like I said before, man, go out, watch these guys. They—I think they're—I think they're probably going to take care of business on Tuesday. But 
they're a, they're a heck of a team to watch. Yeah, go out and go watch the guys because I mean, when when the men's basketball team is playing well, and especially they're playing together, and I think that's what makes this team so fun. It's definitely a, a breath of fresh air from last season, and I mean, even if they 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 do lose, you know, more games than they than they wind up winning, uh, you know, I, I think just the way and I again, I don't think that's going to happen. But if even if the season doesn't necessarily go as planned from here on out, uh, you know, it's it's it is a nice breath of fresh air for them to be playing team basketball. And I think this is the the kind of style of team that the fans can get behind, right? Like I think last year with everything and all the drama fans just kind of lost interest a little bit. Now this team playing team basketball, sharing the basketball, exciting, shooting the three. I think this is something that this, you know, at least fan base can get behind. And and I think it's an example of what Lamont wants to bring to the table, right? Obviously as you get better and build a program, you get better recruits in, better players, transfer portal, stuff like that. Um, I, I think this is, you know, year essentially year one, right? Year one was kind of a crapshoot for Lamont. This is a true year one. You, you know, you kind of laid the foundation of your culture, what you want to build. So this this year is going to be a big year for Lamont. Um, and so far, so good, right? This team is very exciting to watch. Um, very, very, you know, fun basketball. Um, and I think it carries over. Uh, the tougher part of their schedule, I guess, looking ahead, we can look ahead real quick before you wrap things up. But, um, you know, tough month of January. Um, they've got Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky and Tennessee all in the month of January. So that's going to be a gauntlet starting with Mississippi state. It's going to be tough. Bama, um, Nate Oates, his teams always play really well. Arkansas as well. Um, and, and Tennessee it's or Kentucky after Arkansas. Sorry. This month of January is really loaded for these guys. And then after that you play Texas A&M, Tennessee again, um, and then Mississippi state again, but, after the month of January, you really only have three ranked games left. So if you can survive January knocking off one, two of those teams, I think you could be in good shape. And, I mean, I don't want to say this in, in, in November, but, I mean, if this team can continue hypothetically here, knocking on wood here, hypothetically, if this team continues to play like the way that they are playing right now, good sound team basketball, and they can beat a couple of good teams, this team is going to be in the mix or on the bubble come tournament time if they can continue to play this way and knock off a couple of good teams, watch out. I, I, I would not be surprised if they can continue to string things together. You know, we made this mistake last year. It's delusion, but hold up. I'm here we, for it. We made this mistake last year with baseball. We got all hyped when South Carolina baseball riding high. And oh my God, we were talking about, I remember oh, baseball. Oh my God. This team baseball. This team's going to go to Omaha. We'll have to do a show from Omaha. I'm not saying they're going to the Final Four. Where'd they end up? They ended up getting beaten in the in the Supers. So, Survive yeah. January, and then we'll talk. Temper, temper your expectations. Yes. Um, NIT? Yeah. Okay. More yep. realistic, I think. But if you make um, the NIT, that means you're still kind of in the mix for the tournament. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah That's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're going to make the NCAA tournament. NCAA tempered, tempered tournament? expectations right. there. You have to be one of the six. They're going to be in the mix. Yes. They're going to be in the mix. This team is going to be in the mix for the NCAA tournament. Okay. I, I'll get I'll get with you on that if they have a decent month of January. Yes. So, we, didn't talk January. About the we didn't talk about the rest of the non-conference schedule. December, they, they should be fine. They should win those games because um, they really don't schedule that hard um, out of conference. But, um, yeah, like I, like you said, Joe, if they have a good um, conference slate and they can win some games, 
Um, I think Kentucky at home is going to be a big one. Um, Alabama on the road should be tough. Um, Those games against Georgia probably will be tough too. But um, NIT, I think, is a little more realistic. Uh, But that's so far from now. Um, It's January. When South Carolina loses a game eventually, the the sky is not falling. This team will be okay. I'm more confident in this team rebounding this year. Um, and getting a uh, getting right back on track after a while. So, um, but yeah, just keep those expectations somewhat realistic because uh, you know it's it's just better for a fan's health. I think. Yeah, I I would agree. But yeah, my my prediction is in the mix. If you could survive, Jay, in the mix, go. in the mix, don't come at me. Um, but that will do it for us here at the walkthrough. Um, on behalf of. All, or all of us, I don't know if I'm speaking for all of us at Gamecock Central, but on behalf of intern Joe, I guess, um, I wanted to wish you guys happy early Thanksgiving for those of you guys watching this on Wednesday or for those of you watching it on Thursday, happy Thanksgiving. My family to yours, um, may the best of blessings and good food and football be in your favor um, and be with you throughout this holiday weekend, safety, health, all of the good stuff. So best. What are you thankful for, Joe? What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for this life that I'm living, being an intern, um, some good family, good food. I'm just being around family, being able to come back to South Bend for this whole week. Um, it's It's been very, very much a blessing and to be able to see my family for as long as I have this whole week. It's been, it's been nice. Um, and then obviously everyone at Central because this is a dream job and all all that. Like we we everyone's heard all of that already. But how about you, Jack? Yeah, well said, my friend. Um, yeah, this yeah, I'm just thankful for this year's been crazy. Um, a lot of personal stuff, a lot of um, you know, job stuff going on. Uh, you know, as y'all know, I finally got the dream, got the full time job. So yes. that's probably that's probably the biggest thing I'm thankful for. But uh, I'm thankful for. All the members of my team, uh, Joe, uh, you, you know, you, Wes, Chris, Wellbaum, Kendall, um, Griffin Goodwin. Um, who am I? Who else am I missing? Colin Taylor, when he was here. Um, Yuva. Oh, Mike. Yeah. Can't forget about Mike. Hey, hey, hey. I'll never forget about Yuva. But, hey, hey. Uh, I'm thankful for all my uh, all my guys at the team. Shu, my boss. Uh, yes, shout out to Shu. Um, Thank you yeah, for letting us do this. For, Working here as long as I have, I love coming. Uh, well, coming to work, I work from home. Um, I love just writing every day and um, putting out new stories for you guys all the time and stuff. And uh, you know, it's really a blessing to be able to do the job that I do. Um, and it's you know, thanks to the people that read my work and stuff and all of our work here at Gamecock Central and also listen to our our videos and all that. Uh, but I'm also thankful for my family, my dogs. Uh, all the friends that I've made in Columbia um, since taking this job and all that. And uh, everyone involved um, with the athletics uh, administration and all that uh, to make my job a lot easier. So uh, yeah, very, very awesome year for me. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the rest of this year and then 2024. Absolutely. And I mean, lastly, we are very thankful for everyone still watching this at this point. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much for tuning in to all of our stuff for making all of this possible. Um, you know, it's still, again, this whole internship and, and being able to do what I do doesn't feel real and it's not possible without any of you guys. So, um, little vlogger moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, subscribe. I like the sentimentalness we just had right yeah, there. I know. So, so um, yeah. we, we appreciate all y'all, um, from the bottom of our hearts, just letting us do this and, and talk some ball. Um, you know, I like to think I know, I know some kind of ball. Um, yeah, we try. <laughs>
Anyways, that is another episode of The Hard Foul, episode 3 G. Um, will now be live coming to you guys on Wednesday night. Um, so thank you guys for watching. As always, enjoy your Thanksgiving and your holiday weekend. And I will see you Saturday night for the South Carolina and Clemson game. And then obviously on Sunday for the walkthrough. Tuesday night, we will have talking Tuesdays. And then as always, on Wednesday, you can find us right back here on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you guys for tuning in and have a great weekend. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving guys. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.